0: Well, good morning, Cam. Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I do sometimes after I say good morning realize that it's morning for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh it may not be morning for everybody that's listening, so that's okay.
1: Yeah. You know, consider this uh, an opportunity to restart your day. Good morning,
0: everyone. Good morning. Uh are you enjoying your coffee this morning?
1: Uh, I'm enjoying my water
0: this morning. I haven't had
1: any coffee yet.
0: Oh, I, uh, I had worked early at work yesterday and I walked in and my manager says, Hey, how's it going? And it was like eight o'clock in the morning that I, that I had to get to work. And I was like, I am one cup of coffee in, I'll let you know two two more cups of coffee. (laughs) She just (laughs) laughed. So I took a whole pot of coffee with me to work this craft that I have from, uh, from the Hastings collective. Yeah. I took this whole thing to work with me. (laughs) (laughs) and uh drank on that until almost noon so it was good goodness Mm -hmm.
1: running around like sonic the hedgehog
0: yeah so uh, we deferred our last episode because (laughs) uh you were doing a wedding shoot i wanted to know how how did that go
1: uh it went really really good um the bride and groom uh were super cool uh real chill um very open to um just being like, I mean, just like, like almost like it wasn't their wedding. Like the level of stress was so low, you know. And as the I was the only one shooting the wedding. Yeah, there was not I didn't have a second shooter. I didn't have anyone doing video. It was just me. Um, and it was a it was a one hour well, it was close to like forty five minute Catholic mass for the wedding. Um, and so the setting it was a very you know, uh, large Catholic cathedral. Well large like for my town not like (laughs) you know because there are some cathedrals worldwide that are you know like notre dame for example right like just massive Mm -hmm. um but like uh the ceiling was probably i don't know 50 or 60 feet high it had you know it was like a a domed thing above uh the altar like very very um interesting Mm -hmm. uh and then there was obviously the photo time after and then the reception and and uh, lots of fun. But it was super good. I took like, I think my total was 1,081 photos. And uh, after the first pass, I had 331 that were at least worth looking at to decide to edit. Um, I will be spending a few hours later today. I'm shooting a quinceanera this afternoon, which should be a lot of fun. Um, I've never done a quinceanera before. Uh, so it'll be uh, exciting. And that's also a Catholic mass followed by a party. Um, so I'm learning all sorts of things because I obviously Christian, not Catholic, very Protestant. Uh, and so it's just a whole different world. Right. Um, so I it, I find it quite educational, actually, uh, to be doing these things. But the wedding shoot was great. Still have a lot of editing to do. Um And that's the time consuming part is culling all the photos and then deciding, okay, what sort of vibe do I want to go with? What, what kind of colors and, and their wedding, their like, their colors were uh, like white and like a minty green. So I'm trying to make sure that that shows and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but it's, it was fun. Um, And uh, you know, I'd, I'd do it again if someone wants to pay me.
0: (laughs) So that it, sound, it sounds like you had a good time. You didn't lose all your photos. I'm taking it. No, gosh, <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no. And so I actually, so one of my goal this year was to make enough money to buy a Canon C70, which is a cinema camera, but it's like $5,500. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the benefits of having an official, like, you know, business with the state, you know, I have an LLC, is that if you spend your income on business expenses, you don't have to pay income tax on it. So I was like, if I can just make $5,500 this year, I can spend all of it on this really nice cinema camera and not pay income tax. Great. Done deal. You know, invest in the business. Well, I didn't make that much. No. By a long shot. I made like, like three grand. An enormous amount of which was this wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, I really don't want to lose half of that on income on income taxes because you know, I'm self-employed. Right. So it's, it's, it's high. Uh, It's it's not half. It's like, I think it's like 30 or 35% or something like that, but still like, that's like a thousand dollars. Right. Do a lot with a thousand bucks. So I decided um, to get, uh, and she actually paid me like two weeks before the wedding. She's like, Hey, can I just pay you now? (laughs) I was like, sure. Like, and then I was like, and then the, 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 that whole two weeks, I was like, don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. Like, you have to be <laughs> at this wedding. You have to, like, you you cannot miss this. Yep. And so, like, the two or three days before the wedding, I was like, I was pretty anxious. Because Kennedy, my daughter, um, had gotten the flu. And it was, like, throwing up, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I spent the last three days with her. Like, I cannot get sick. Like, I just can't. And I didn't, thankfully. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's her first year. In school she's in kindergarten and all these kids have been taking baths and hand sanitizer for the last three years because of of COVID and everything it's like so I just think their immune systems aren't nearly what they would have been if they had gone to kindergarten in 2019 instead of now you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think they're all playing catch up um with, with all of that but anyways um so I decided to buy a second camera body not the c70 I got the canon r6 um which does better video than my other camera, Um, better, you know, dynamic range, all sorts of stuff. Um, And so it was my first shoot using two cameras, which, Mitch, I will never go to a photo shoot without two camera bodies ever again because I don't have to switch lenses on one camera. I have one camera with a telephoto lens, one camera with a 35 millimeter. And so instead of having to like stop, change the lens, Then take the picture. I can literally just, and I have a a shoulder harness that holds both of them. I can just telephoto wide angle without even in it. So I never, I don't miss the moment, right? I can just switch the camera in a second, two seconds tops, getting it. And it was, it was a game changer for sure. So uh, while I wasn't able to get the camera that I really, really wanted, um, I still made enough to not have to pay income taxes on like 98% of what my business made this year, which is nice. And I got a second body and it made the wedding shoot so much more fun and so much less stressful. Cause it's a wedding. If you miss the shot, you miss the shot. Right. You know what I mean? You can't ask them to go redo, cut the cake again, or do your first dance again, or the groom's first look at the bride as she comes down. Like you have to hit every shot, you know? So anyways, anyways, That's a long winded answer, too. It was a ton of fun. And I got all the shots, and the bride and groom were lovely folks.
0: So, yeah, I didn't hear anything from you. So I figured it went well. So, (laughs) yeah. So I was waiting for that text. Oh, crap. (laughs) You'll never guess.
1: Yeah, no, no. It was all good. Everyone had a good time. So,
0: so did you get a chance to go back and listen to our last episode?
1: Uh, Not yet. I'll be honest. I haven't. Really been listening to many podcasts lately, yeah. and I feel I feel like a bad podcaster for not listening to podcasts. But i have just you know for whatever reason I've gotten kind of out of sync with it. But is this you telling me that I should go back? Is there is well, there some
0: here here's kind of the stuff? thing. I felt like last episode was very much like a shotgun. Like we we turned on the recording and just like just. Mm-hmm just went and so then i i went back to listen to it because i couldn't remember half the episode (laughs) because it just went by so quickly and uh and so i cracked myself up like pretty hard (laughs) i was listening at work and i'm i'm standing there with that with my uh Bone conduction headphones on, listening to the podcast, and um, and there wasn't really anybody around for most of it. But what there was, and I started laughing, people were just looking at me like I was insane. It was pretty pretty good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it it's one of those episodes that I think if uh, like it could be really polarizing because it was either like you just love the insanity of the episode, or you're just like these guys are a bunch of kooks. I can't listen to I can't listen to this again. You know, so but hopefully this morning will be much more restruct or much more structured and and I will tell the audience I did zero editing to the la- last uh, podcast because it was one of those that almost uh, benefited from the the chaos of of the episode so I I just let it be what it was and um made that artistic choice <laughs> but we'll edit a little bit more I did also notice I have, I have a real problem with Oz and ums during the, the episode Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and stuttering and stammering a little bit. And a lot of times when I go back and edit that stuff, I notice I notice it way more because I'm editing it all out. Uh, and in the, in the last episode, I think because of the the pace of the show and, and how much fun we were having, I, there was way less of that. So I thought, you know throwing it out there as an unedited episode was didn't hurt anything because it didn't make either one of us sound like you know bad in any way so uh but so this morning i'm trying to pay, pay a little bit more attention so to save on editing as well uh not to try and do filler but i think it comes a lot from i grew up in a home where if you didn't do that, you lost your opportunity to talk because someone else would jump in on you. And so if you were using filler words and trying to, you know, keep talking, you were blocking them from interrupting you.
1: So and, you had to filibuster is what you're
0: saying. I'm filibustering a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so so when I tend to do that normally, and so like that and so I I do that a lot because I'm I'm trying to keep you know this mysterious person from jumping in on me but <laughs> whatever i'll work on it
1: mitch is like i see interrupting people
0: well i when i worked in radio i had kind of defeated this for the most part because a lot of what i did what i read so you, mm-hmm. when you read stuff it's not the ahs and ums are not in the copy so you, you don't that's not what you read and most of the time i was on the air by myself so i knew nobody was going to interrupt me so mm. it was it was a lot easier not to be like that but but then when you get somebody else in the mix it becomes a little bit more difficult to like you feel like you can't control it as well even though you're really good at giving me time to to talk i still feel yeah yeah stop that <laughs> i still feel like i have to use filler words to try and keep you from interrupting me so it's it's just a thing it's It's not you, it's me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but
1: I'll take it because it usually is me. So,
0: and I think the latency on Zoom has gotten a lot better too, so that we're we're not talking over each other as much either. So that helps a lot.
3: Very good.
1: Can we can we talk about it now? Can we? we?
0: You don't want me to push, keep filling, so that we don't get to it. I mean. It's just, you know, you're in charge. So. All right. Hold on. So our main topic today, uh, we, we talked about what was delighting us before, the, uh, before we did the episode. And I have a whole thing I want to talk about uh, in that segment. But we were waffling as to whether or not to make this the, ma- like a, the main thrust of the show today or to save it for uh, the delights segment. And Cam said, why can't we do both? So, we're going to do both. So, yeah, we're going
1: to talk about the new Taylor Swift album that's coming yeah. out.
0: So, two nights ago, on Thursday night, right after the football game uh, was done on Amazon Prime, the uh, season finale of Rings of Power dropped. They and dropped it
1: Thursday night? Those Thursday cheaters? night,
0: right after, the, right after the football game.
1: Oh, man, I watched it last night. So, mm-hmm.
0: so I did as well. And uh, Cam is super excited about this, and I thought it was a really good episode as well. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, uh, the the series on Amazon Prime. So first off, what did you think?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, if you just major spoiler warning, just if you haven't watched it and you plan to...
0: Pause the audio right now, just
1: just delete this episode and come back later because
0: we will ruin the show for you if you don't. yes,
1: so that being said, uh, if we ruin it for you now it's on it's on you. um okay, so before we get into the episode, last time we talked, we were trying to figure out who about the show, last time we talked yeah. about the show, we were trying to figure out who the stranger was mm-hmm. and you and your wife had theories, right. Radagast, Gandalf. You thought Sauron. Sauron right? was
0: possibility. Yeah,
1: yeah. um And so I, I've, I've always thought it was Gandalf, and I've ridden that journey of yes, it is. No, no, it's not. No, yeah. no, it's not. And then last night, I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I they, literally, was like they totally head faked hands. it too.
0: Huh? They totally head faked you too. Oh yeah. Um, so they
1: start the episode right, mm-hmm. and it's before they even get to the opening. Titles credits right this, the opening score mm-hmm. And it's those three creepy Like evil witch Ladies mm-hmm. that, that finally catch up to him And they're like we are here to serve you Lord Sauron And then they go right to the titles and immediately I was like nope No way they're starting the episode with that Reveal absolutely not I was like there's no way there's no way they would Start the episode if that's actually the case
0: Um I So my- I was I found myself, uh, uh, looking at that going, "Mm, okay, maybe they've got more to reveal. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not sure that I'm totally like, I kind of was thinking that he could be Sauron Mm -hmm. from, from some of the hints that they'd given. Uh, we talked about Saruman being a possibility, you know, Mm -hmm. he was obviously one of the wizards or, um, possibly Sauron. Well, I mean, uh,
1: Sauron is the same class of person as Saruman and mm-hmm. uh Gandalf and Radagast right. They're
0: uh, basically I think they they are categorized as wizards, are they not? Am I wrong about that?
1: Well that's what the humans call them. I forget what um I forget like what their name and like the hierarchy of beings is. Mm-hmm. Um it's I'm reading through some of that stuff. Um but there's I think there's nine or thirteen, I can't remember. Um so people that are listening right now, we like Lord of the Rings. We are not experts so this is correct the fact that we don't know the number or the 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 name of the type of person that they are
0: i will just say for me everything i know about the lord of the rings i've i've gotten from the movies and from whatever my wife has told me about it because my wife has (laughs) read a lot of the books and i used to we had a tradition every year i bought her a new lord of the rings book for uh for our anniversary so that went on the way, it went to the wayside at one point, but it's like every anniversary I bought her a new uh, book that was in that series. So, so she's read a lot of the supplemental material on um, that mm-hmm. tokens written.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, so they start the episode, right? Oh, it's sour Um, And so there had been theories that I'd seen that Halbrand could also be. Uh, Sauron, which is interesting because Halbrand is not in any of Tolkien's literature. He's an original character to this show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like, uh, Errandir, the, uh, the elf that helps the, the Southlanders defeat or try to defeat Adar, anyways. Um, he's, 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 he's a created character for this show. Um, and I was like, man, that's really interesting because the more like you, you watch him and listen to him, he speaks a lot in, vague half truths that could mean two or three very different things, depending on if he's a good guy or a bad guy, right? Or, or the bad guy. Um, and so when, when they started the show and they were like the, the the creepy witches told the stranger that he was Lord Sauron, I was like, Oh my God, it's Hellbrand. I was like, "Oh, because i was like, there's, there's no way they're gonna start." It. And so I immediately was like, "I'm, I'm listening to everything that comes out of that guy's mouth." The rest of this, because it's a finale, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that they were gonna reveal. I just thought they were gonna like heavily, um, like tip their cap, but like they did with the stranger at the end of the episode. Right. They didn't say he's Gandalf, but they ended the episode with him leaving with. Nori the Harfoot which is the Hobbit's Ancestor right and he talks about So there's a point in Lord of the Rings Where they're in the minds of Moria and they're Sitting there trying to figure out which way they need to go And Gandalf Uses his nose he goes Oh we're gonna need to go this way why oh because The air is um is less Foul this way and he talks to Frodo about you know and so that Whole like oh the the air is sweeter This way mm-hmm. I was like I was like Oh my like yeah. they didn't tell us his name but they told us exactly who he is without and so i thought they would do something like that with halbrand and boy they didn't (laughs)
2: yeah
1: he's sauron in every like so anyway i just what what the way that they handled it was so good
0: what i did that i or what they did that i did appreciate was how they he exposes himself as sauron Uh to galadriel and then proceeds to defend his viewpoint to make it sound like no i'm trying to help you don't understand Dude, he was, I'm, he was uh, gaslighting her yeah hard I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to help this i'm trying to bring peace mm-hmm. and you know and there's a part of me that thinks he believes that too because you know taking this into the uh, the realm of star wars for a moment when you look at the empire the empire is so much about like, we're bringing peace to the galaxy. It might be under oppressive rule, but we're bringing peace to the galaxy. Look at all the good things that we've done. You know, when you look at some of the new series, I'm, I'm watching through uh, The Mandalorian uh, again, um, the first two seasons. And whenever you hear anything from the, the Empire, uh, there's a couple of scenes where they talk about, well, look at what the Republic's done. The, the galaxy is in chaos. Like they haven't done anything. Like we at least had rule and had order and had brought peace to the galaxy. Now you have, you know, all these warlords that are controlling things and all this oppression on these different planets and and all this bad stuff that I think when you when you talk about Sauron and you talk about uh, uh the, the character of Halbrand in, in the episode and as he's revealing this, you kinda wonder if he doesn't believe that. So Yeah,
1: well, that's you know, Crazy people be crazy, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, they, like, it's like Thanos too, right? Mm-hmm. We're just gonna get rid of half the like. We're just gonna make life, you know. And like, yeah, they really do believe that. uh And man, what sort of headspace do you have to be in to think that oppression? Like, because like the, the 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 empire right can list all the good things that they've done, but they also blew up Alderaan. They also <laughs> destroyed uh, the Jedi Temple. You know. Uh, have wiped out all sort. Like it's just you know, yeah, you've done a few good things, but you've also committed genocide. So yeah. like you know, hmm.
0: but but <laughs> like but like any you know we can even take this into you know reality here into the world. Any any like terrorist thinks that they're mm-hmm. fighting for freedom. Yep. They they um Merlin is really popular. Merlin man is popular mm-hmm. for for saying using the term or using the phrase everybody has their reasons Mm -hmm. you know that nobody there's nobody that that does this stuff that just does it because they're evil you know they may be misguided they may be doing doing uh you know something stupid but but they have the reason for doing it so
1: well i think some people are
0: just crazy
1: but i would i would say the overwhelming majority of people have reasons but i think some people are just Bonkers, but anyways, yeah, so back to the show, yeah. Um, I, I but I think that's what part of what makes this so good is they have they have humanized the bad guy. Like, you could, you we were we just had a five minute discussion about the psychology of why he, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they have succeeded in humanizing the bad guy that we've spent the whole season trying to decide is he good, is he bad, do we like him, do we not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, they did such a good job. Of making him real That now That he it's been revealed that he Is the true bad guy It means so much more Because mm-hmm. in, in Lord of the Rings he's just This eye on a tower Right yeah. and in the flashbacks He's just this big guy with a giant helmet On which did you catch in this scene Where they showed the shadows when he's yeah. at first And he's got the, the pointy helmet on I was like they mm-hmm. don't miss anything It's so good the other thing that I caught that was i thought was brilliant was when um they finally they have they melt um gladriel's dagger that was her brothers yeah and there's that there's that that molten bowl or the bowl full of the molten metal and he holds the the mithril and he drops it in it and it turns into Sauron's eye yeah i was like it's so good yeah. Like it's there for like two or three seconds, and then it melts away. Mm-hmm. But it—it's yeah, literally it is the exi- it, it even has like the like it becomes the the, the 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 you know the black part of the eye, and it turns yeah. into Sauron's eye for a few seconds. And I was like, this is so good. Yeah, just I love when shows do stuff like that. Yeah,
2: that's So great, now I want to I want to go show. back and
1: rewatch the whole thing because I guarantee you. Oh, so I know one Easter egg that I found. Um, and then we sorry we can get back to talking about the episode, but. The very beginning of the first episode, you know, when Gladriel and her trooper up in Faradweth, the the frozen castle, and they find, uh, you know, the sigil on the um, like the 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 stone table,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and at this point they don't know what the sigil means. When they cut from that scene, they do that map transition. Mm-hmm. The map part that they show is Mordor. Yeah. So, like, they're telling you from the very first cutscene exactly what that means. And you just won't know it until like episode four. Right.
0: Yeah. I, that I obviously, I, I picked it up an episode if it was an episode four. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it wasn't right at the beginning that I caught it, but I, I did catch it at, at one point and became very obvious what, what it was.
1: Yeah. I didn't catch it the first time, but like, I went back and watched the first episode after like episode like five or six. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they just they tell you from the very beginning exactly what that means. And so I guarantee you mm-hmm. there's going to be other things, especially with stuff that Halbrand says that is going to, you know, mean so much more now.
0: Yeah, this is going to this is going to warrant a rewatch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so the other thing that I really enjoyed is. Now I understand why in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit Gandalf has such a high view of the Hobbits and what they're really capable of because Mm -hmm. of what the relationship that he's going to be building with Nori the rest of the series, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's already, they're the ones that saved him. Nori's the one that got him to stand up against the witches and to embrace his goodness, right? And And so like I can now start to see how and why Gandalf, unlike anybody else on the planet, has a special place in his heart and an understanding of the Harfoots and the Hobbits, which, you know, they become, right? Uh, and so I just thought that was a really, really clever way uh, to have his origin story start, right? Because it makes, it it just, it totally projects towards how he handles Bilbo and Frodo and, uh, and the Hobbits, you know, in, in the other um, books and movies. So very, very clever. I liked
0: it. Yeah. It's been a fun series to watch. I'm I'm sad mm-hmm. it's over, but it's going to be a good for a rewatch.
1: So it, the other thing I read is that when they got the um the rights to do this, they had to do five series or five uh, seasons, like guaranteed. And that the writers of the show already know what the last scene of the last episode of the last season is going to be. So like they're all. I mean like this is like they've already gamed this out to the very end which he's like there's going to be things from season one that don't get paid off until the last season five Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which I'm just like oh this is like (laughs) I love it It, I love when shows do that sort of stuff um but the other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on Mitch, Mm -hmm. is Galadriel doesn't tell Celebrimbor or Elrond that Halbrand is Sauron at all while they're making the rings right she comes back where's halbrand oh he's he's gone and they just Mm -hmm. like so she knows that he's the baddie and that this was his idea to make these or to help get them made and she says nothing
0: Um, am i wrong to to believe because one thing that's been sticking in my head the the whole season to this point is that she when you see her in the movies in the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings movies, she's been cast out. Like she's got her own sect of, um, elves. She's considered to be evil and her has, has an evil aspect to her. Like these, these are not good elves that, that she's leading. And so well, that's where
1: me- Legolas came from, right?
0: Yeah. But, uh, but, but as, but as you're looking at this, you know, there's, there's obviously like, she's split off from the, from the main, uh, group of elves in Rivendell. Mm -hmm. And, and so I keep thinking like, what's leading to that? And, um, and where, cause she, she disobeys them, you know, jumps out of the boat, goes back to go, goes back and ends up in Numenor. Um, she's pretty much, treated like a scourge wherever she goes you know um until until she really gets back with the with the elves and even then i'm not totally convinced that they've welcomed her back in mm-hmm. you know and now she you know sauron is trying to um bring her in as his queen and that's not by accident you know so the fact that 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 is happening leads me to believe that the two of them end up connecting and she ends up being bewitched by him you know to to follow follow him and then there's there's some kind of falling out or some something that happens later on it's just a theory but you know i i think that she's she ends up in league with him at least for a while i don't know i know it's hard but i think she she buys his reasoning and and his I'm trying to bring peace, you know, and she, and she's already rather disenfranchised by so much that I think she, she falls for it.
3: Hmm. Well, there's one way to find out. Yep. Read the books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Cause I don't know. I'm going to take the, I'm going to, I'm going to take the other side of that one and say no, and we'll find out. Okay they will find out because who knows what the show is going to do, yeah. right? They can, because they, the other thing I read is they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion, but they have the rights to everything else, which is interesting. I don't know why they would get the rights to everything but that. Um, so, yeah, anyways. And yet it seems um, like,
0: it doesn't seem like they're referencing stuff from the Silmarillion in my, well, but there's in, also, in my belief. Yeah, but there's also...
1: There's like the Lost Tales and mm-hmm. the Lays of Beleri and like all of that other stuff that goes into it. So uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's son, Christopher, did like a, a eight or nine book series on the history of Middle-earth where he took stuff that his dad had sort of pieced out and like wasn't complete and put it all together and, you know, um, that sort of stuff. So I think there's a lot of that that they're pulling from, too. Um, but, yeah, we'll see Because Elrond still believes in Gladriel, right? And Elrond winds up marrying Gladriel's daughter, by the way. So Gladriel is Arwen's grandma, if you want to connect all the dots. Um, But Elrond's half-human, half-elf, but still gets to enjoy the immortality of the elven side, even though he's, you know, half. So, anyways... Yeah, just really, really good. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff from the episode that we missed um, here, but I just, it's, I really,
0: really, really enjoyed it. Again, it's going to require a rewatch, I think, to really see the brilliance of the show.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and and it's pretty, like it's the oh my gosh, it's stunning, right? The, The 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 video, the cinematography, the the locations, the the grandiosity of like Numenor. Uh it's I mean, it's just like in in the different, you know, uh Elven places, uh Kaza Doom is crazy. Uh, because we only see it in the Lord of the Rings movies as you know, the orc-ridden Moria that's dead, right? So mm-hmm. seeing it alive is yeah, it's just man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it, like you won't have to twist my arm to rewatch this one.
0: Yeah, the budget that they had on this show, um, it was paid off when the, when you get that first shot of Numenor mm-hmm. and you see the statues and the, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it's gorgeous. Definitely $250 million. Mm-hmm. So we got another season finale this last week. Um, I don't have much to say about it, but, uh, but it was, it was interesting. Have you watched any of the She-Hulk? No. No, that was, that was quite entertaining was it yeah it, it had a it had a little bit of a deadpool vibe actually <laughs> um there's a lot of breaking of the fourth wall oh okay yeah and uh and so it was really good because there, there's scenes where um and i i love uh um what's her name oh why is her name not coming to me she was an orphan black
1: was it a Natasha Leon or something
0: like that? Uh, no. That I'm gonna else? have to look it up. Um but uh I love her acting. She's she's just a lot of fun. And just about every episode, she stops and she looks at the camera and she makes some kind of comment, or in in the finale, there's a whole section of the finale that just totally goes off the rails. And 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 it's just <laughs> it's so it's such a fun, like irreverent show that uh that is just it's a lot of fun i like oh, it
1: her name is tatiana maslany yeah that's it
0: mm-hmm.
1: i was thinking of somebody else see that's i haven't even
0: mm-hmm. she is amazing in orphan black she play. she plays herself in like so many different because she's a clone in that show and so okay. she plays herself in so many different like um personalities and and such that and every one of them is so so convincing if you haven't watched orphan black i recommend it it's a it's a little bit edgy but uh but it's good so uh another another show that's come out recently that uh that we talked real briefly about before the show is andor i like it, it it's a good show it's really slow it's and and i See, think i
1: disagree we,
0: do you think I mean, there's Boba no point. Fett,
1: Book of Boba Fett was slow to yeah. me. I, I actually like this one because, I mean, he he he's, They've already told a few stories with him through six episodes, right? You've gotten his backstory, you've gotten him trying to find his sister, he kills the guys on Ferex, then they come find him at his home planet, where he's staying, and then you find out that's not his real mom, and how she found him, and now he's with this ragtag group of rebels, and there's this other storyline with uh, Stellan Skarsgård's guy, who's funding the rebellion with Mon Mothma, who is in a loveless marriage, like, there's just, I think there's so many more moving parts to this one for Mm -hmm. me, than... Now, it's not a fast-paced show by any means, but compared to, like, Boba Fett, where he cosplays as a Tuscan Raider for what feels like 12 episodes, even though I think it's only one and a half, <laughs> that to that show to me was so... I couldn't even finish it. Like, I got, like, four or five episodes in. I was like, all right, I'm done.
0: Yeah. So you missed the but. whole Mandalorian season
1: 2.5. Oh. Well, then yeah. maybe there's a reason to go back and watch cause it.
0: Because it, it switched over to really what what seemed like Um, supplemental material for the Mandalorian. After that,
1: yeah, I totally missed all that. I couldn't get to it because the first half of the season was so boring.
0: Yeah, um, that show. What I'll say about Book of Boba Fett is I think it did what it needed to do. It answered questions about like where did you know where did uh, how did Boba Fett get out of the Sorlak pit? First off, um, why is he suddenly like different? You know, he's he's was a bounty hunter for all this time and all of a sudden now he's like, Well, you know what, I want to settle down on tattooing and uh be a warlord. You know, why why suddenly did he he change like he was never a guy that settled anywhere? And now all of a sudden he's just, eh, you know, I think I'll hang out here and take over Jabba's Palace and you know, try to do good. Why well, but none of those questions
1: that? None of those questions had to be answered, though, because when Star Wars ended, he was in the Sarlacc pit and dead. Like the only reason mm-hmm. that he got brought back was because he's fans a, wanted him. He's to a come super
0: back. popular character, yeah. <laughs>
1: right? You know. So like, there are questions that didn't need to be answered because they're they're self fulfilling, mm-hmm. in the sense that. But if they, they wanted to bring Boba Fett back, so they made up a story for how that.
0: Yeah, happened. but if they wanted to bring Boba Fett back, they had to explain it. Right.
1: They, they exactly. To but to me, sense. it's like it's like pro wrestling right we're telling Mm -hmm. the story that we want to tell because we want to tell it and we want to bring this character back like you know oh you got you lost the buried alive match and three weeks later you're all of a sudden alive again like how do we how do we make that work you know (laughs) it's a bit like that in my mind but
0: no the i think the uh the big the big thing that that I appreciated about and, and I've tried to take a different approach to the book of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. This this is like supplemental material for the Mandalorian. If you approach it like that, it tends yeah. it almost makes a little bit more sense because about halfway through the season, all of a sudden we're like there's an I think there's an episode or two where you don't even see Boba Fett. It's just all about what's going on with the Mandalorian, with uh, Din Djarin, and then it come and then it comes back, and the two storylines converge. So, it's uh, it, it's just interesting that I mean, the the last episode of the Book of Boba Fett was was a halfway decent payoff, especially when you have uh, You're really selling it, Mitch. I know, right? <laughs> um, especially when you have. A, the reintroduction of a very popular villain character in the uh in the like the clone wars and rebels you yeah. you have this character and i'm not going to say who it is because i don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it yet but you have this reintroduction of this character that it it makes it really does kind of make the whole thing worth it it's good so
1: so do you know if there's going to be a second season of Boba Fett, or are they just going to roll all of that into the third season of Mandalorian?
0: That's, I haven't heard one way or the other if they're going to, to me, I think the story is self-contained enough that, uh, and I, they probably could have done half the season and then rolled mm-hmm. the rest of this into, uh, there is ways that they could have done this differently to make it make more sense, but they did it the way they did it. And so now it sets it up nice to go into the Mandalorian season three. Um, but I think the problem is, is that if you go into season three without seeing the book of Boba Fett, it, there's things that aren't going to make sense. Yeah. So, um, and I'm doing my best not to make, not to get into any specifics, but they're just things that aren't going to make sense. Gotcha. So.
1: All right, well, I'll finish it. It's anyways.
0: it's only like eight episodes. So if you're four episodes in, you only got four, four episodes left. So.
1: so but back to Andor, right? Because yeah. that's that's the new hotness, as mm-hmm. it were, in the Star
0: Wars universe.
1: Uh what are you so you think it's a little slow, but what's your what are what are your main takeaways from it?
0: Well, I think number one, we we're getting backstory. Where did he come from? What why is he why does he have the angst and you know he's this troubled guy, you know, mm-hmm. has been been in prison, been, you know. He's really he's almost the kind of like Han Solo archetype, but different, you know, where Han Solo. I don't think really had, he had a rough upbringing, you know, he was on Corellia and Mm -hmm. was essentially, was essentially a slave on Corellia that escaped. But, uh, but Andor is a little different in the sense that he, he just had a rough childhood because he saw the empire basically wipe out his people and yeah
1: back to that whole genocide thing right? mm -hmm,
0: yeah (laughs) and so he's a product of that but instead of like he hates the empire but he doesn't feel like he can do anything about it and so really what this this season is about is trying to convince him yes you can do something about it and you have skills and this is something that uh Stellan Skarsgård's character um brings out in him or is trying to convince him of you have skills that you can use to to uh, take out the empire and and help with the rebellion and so i think that's a lot of what we're what we're seeing in this this series and so i'm i'm looking forward i think this is really building towards something that is going to be uh, a really cool like season finale for the for the, the show um but they have to lay the groundwork they have to show his yeah. skills they have to show his worth Um, through, through like this last, last week's episode was the, uh, the siege on, um, you know, where, where they stole all the, or they stole a bunch of the payroll credits. Yeah. And so that this was like an opportunity for him to show the skills. And on top of that, the, uh, the beautiful, the eye that they kept talking about, um, basically it was a really pretty meteor shower. And just the uh that was a really beautiful effect, you know, and I was looking forward to seeing how they were going to show that. And it turned out really cool.
1: Yeah. So what, but, what I find interesting <laughs> is in recent years, there's been this new structure for shows where there are eight episodes and episode six is the climax of the season. And then seven is the fallout. Then eight is the finale that, ties up some storylines and sends off a few more for season two and Mm -hmm. leaves you. you And so it's become this formula, right? And this, so it's the same in Andor as it is in rings of power. Episode six was when Mordor, you know, gets, they, they blow up Mount doom, right. And all of that. And so seven is the fallout. And then eight is the finale where they tell you who Gandalf and Sauron are. Right. So Mm -hmm. episode six in Andor is when they finally attack that base. And that's the climax of the season. So we're going to see, I think, two more episodes, right? And then, so I don't think we're going to have to wait very long to get to that season finale. But I think you're right that there's going to be a a pretty good payoff with it. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Because where we left it in
3: episode six, right? He takes his cut
1: and then takes off, right? And so we don't know. What's next for him? Because he's a loner, right? He's still being hunted by the creepy guy from the private security firm whose mom is the worst by the way. Mm-hmm. No wonder he turned out so screwed up. His mom is new definition on helicopter, mom.
0: yeah um, And so anyways And's going to be twelve episodes long. I just wanted to look that up.
1: Oh, there's going to be twelve mm-hmm. so maybe we get another so maybe this was the first like this was the false summit, right? Yeah. <laughs> the big episode and there's going to be probably episode 9 or 10 we we're get another another big moment. Well that's good. I was kind of bummed mm-hmm. if it was just going to be 8.
0: Yeah, there's another story to tell here. I think they're treating it like the the mid-season finale and then there's another story mm-hmm. to tell here before they ramp up to the end. That's good.
1: That makes me excited cuz mm-hmm. uh, 8 season 8 episode seasons are too short. But mm-hmm. if you look at pretty much any 8 episode season Episode six is generally the the high point as far as like action or, you know, drama or, or what have you. But 12 episodes, I'm down with. Because that means we're only halfway. Right.
3: Fabulous. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Some exciting stuff uh, on TV right now. You watching anything mm-hmm. else that gets you excited?
1: Uh... I
0: mean, sports, but... <laughs> well, I know that you that you like The Rookie and The Rookie's back.
1: I haven't watched The Rookie in two seasons, I don't think. Okay. I just, okay. I've kind of gotten over the Monster of the Week shows. You know, where like there's always a bad guy that you have to, or a problem like each episode, uh, procedurals or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just like, because honestly, like, I know we just spent 45 minutes talking about TV shows that we like. Most of my TV time is sports formula one, soccer,
3: college football. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then
1: I've got rings of power and Andor that's two episodes a week. Other than that, like I don't have Netflix. I don't have HBO uh, like none of that. So I just, yeah, especially in the fall, right? College football, um, soccer, World Cups coming up. College basketball and the NBA start real soon. So like, I just I don't want to watch, I don't want to spend all my time watching TV. And so I prioritize sports over the, the actual shows, uh, yeah. except for except for a handful, you know. But what about you?
0: Um. I have so my DVR is filled with stuff right now. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of which I'm I haven't really um uh, uh dived into. Um dove into. Yeah. Uh but there's a I kind of have a couple of different categories that that I that I work in. Like I'll have my shows that my wife and I watch together that are like the main shows that we watch, so Andor falls into that. Uh Rings of Power was in there um we watch she hulk together uh a lot of the stuff that we watch on streaming a lot is like that we also enjoy the rookie um so we watch we watch those episodes together um there's a, like a real small sub sub group of shows that i watch on my own and those are typically like the you know going back and watching through the mandalorian i've been doing that on my own mm-hmm. um history channel stuff You know, I, I have a few series that I enjoy on the history channel and then there's kind of like this, uh, this subgroup of shows that it's like, you know, if I just need something on and I'm working on something else, I'll turn that on. You know, I've got a lot of stuff on the DVR like that, you know, HDTV shows, um, different, you know, different home renovation shows, stuff like that. I, I enjoy, so yeah, and we've talked about um the what was it the unexplained with william shatner uh before um I do enjoy that show. I haven't watched it in a while, and i've got a I've got a back catalog of stuff on my d v r right now if I decide i wanna wanna go back and watch some more but
1: good old Billy
0: Shatner, yeah, and like I've said before, he's the worst part of that show so <laughs> and and to be honest with you it is it's it it's bad but it's not that bad so But yeah, so nothing. Oh, I should say uh, Lego Masters is back, and I I uh, enjoy that show. So that's a
1: Will Arnett hosts that one, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and uh, when BattleBots is on, I'm 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 into the nerd shows. I, I like <laughs> BattleBots.
1: <Nerd> <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot about that show. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, that's they still on.
0: They just had a big tournament here recently that they aired. <laughs> Um, I, I have, I have kind of, I have it set up so that whenever there's anything battle bots on, uh, on TV, I have a TiVo. So I have, I have some things that I can do there uh-huh. that, uh, it just shows up. So it just pops into the DVR and it's like, Oh, there's more battle battle bots to watch. Cool. That's so, funny. Curse of Oak Island comes back next month and I love that show. That's good.
1: That's the, is that that one on the history channel?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, over the summer, the uh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch was on. I, I enjoyed that.
1: Skinwalker Ranch? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. That sounds terrifying.
0: So that show, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, historical significance to that show um, as far as how the Navajo and the uh, – oh, I'm forgetting who – forgetting the other tribe. It's the tribe that actually lives in that area and then they curse this land because the Navajo tried tried to take it from them. And essentially the skinwalkers are are supposedly these uh these evil beings that protect the land and are, are part of the curse. They're shape-shifting, um like demonic creatures. Although yeah, that, that's that's not what really <laughs> that's not really what the show's about. Um you know it's it has a a slight slight part of it but it's not really what the show's
3: about so that's interesting
0: but yeah so that's what's delighting you today huh
2: yeah
3: what's uh
0: (laughs) rings of power yes it was good anyways it it was enjoyable i really i did enjoy that Mm
1: -hmm. well so what's interesting and then we can happily move on to what's delighting you Mm Uh is so we know for a fact that the elves had three rings. but mm-hmm. so we've we've now seen those three rings. But the dwarves got seven for some reason and the men got nine. Mm-hmm. So there are still sixteen rings that have yet to be made. And also the one ring that's so, so there's 17 other rings that need to be made yep. over the course of what I'm assuming I'm assuming we're gonna get all of them over the course of the five seasons. It's a big assumption. I don't know. Um and hopefully we get the question answered: why the dwarves got seven and the men got nine, and their elves only. Like I don't know who knows. Like, but I would like to know the reason behind why they got more. Uh, considering the elves tend to think they're better than everybody else. <laughs>
0: well, if you if you do the math, there's twenty. I don't know if there's any significance to that, but there's twenty rings. Yeah. So the one the one ring, the nine rings of men, the seven rings of the dwarves, and the three of. Uh, yep. And I do, I wonder if that has something to do with the the breakdown of uh, population in Middle Earth.
3: I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So anyways,
1: just curious about that. But Mitch, hit that bass, my man. Ooh.
0: Well, what's delighting oh. me today? Yes. All right. Well, we've talked about Logos on the show before the uh, Bible
2: software.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they Monday was, uh, was Bible software Christmas. <laughs> they, they launched Logos 10 this last week.
1: And does it cost an arm and a <laughs> leg?
0: Um, I was able to upgrade for free. Uh, but that was because I upgraded to nine recently. Um, and that didn't, it really didn't cost me that much. I but, uh, i put it on a payment plan so i'm i'm paying it off a little bit at a time here but so this was this was free for me to upgrade into the bronze package because i usually don't go into a high package but uh but they have done some stuff um am i going to say this is like a groundbreaking update I don't know that I would say that necessarily, but there's some really cool features that that they're adding to Logos and in Logos 10, which by the way, drives me crazy. They call it Logos. And I've called it Logos for so long that I just can't not say it. So if you're going to judge me for that, I'm good with that. So um <laughs> but there's a couple of things that they've done here that I think are are really really good for um Logos users uh there's a ton of features um so if we go I'm, I'm on the logos page which i will show the I'll throw this into show notes so if you as the listener want to jump in here and check this out i will throw that into the show notes for you um but uh some of the stuff i think they put a little bit more work into the mobile experience which is really cool but i'll kind of get to that in a second they did a redesign of, uh, Logos. am um, not a total redesign, but what they did is they moved the, um, everything that was in the top bar is now on the sidebar and you can go back, you can change it back if you don't like it that way. But their idea was they wanted to bring the scripture front and center. They wanted to make the content, um, put that in the foreground instead of having all of this crap up at the top that was distracting from the content. So they've, they've minimized a lot of the, uh, the menus and, and such to, uh, make room for, um, the content. Um, they've restructured a little bit, how some of the stuff works and there's so much here that I'm, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to cover it all, but they have a layout feature that um is in the desktop version and has been in the desktop version for a long time they brought that to mobile so now you can set up custom layouts and switch between those layouts if you choose and and it's a lot more fluid uh this is also the they're they're saying that this is a lightning fast update they've spent a lot of time working under the hood to speed up logos because especially when your search features and stuff like that it was it wasn't super fast before um they're Mm -hmm. saying that it's way faster now and you can get more done in less time it's actually the first version to be native on apple silicon so um it should run much better uh it doesn't require rosetta to run so should be much smoother um the they're
2: oh it's so
1: expensive mitch
0: <laughs> there's some stuff that is yeah right. look at this oh you know if you look at the starter pack um it's it's good it's a couple hundred bucks probably and i'm not even sure because i can't see prices that don't that aren't
1: the starter pack right now is 250 dollars 74 yeah but it's 15 percent off
0: yeah well you get you get a ton of books all the features you know or not all the features, but a, a lot of the baseline features that they, they offer with it. Um some of the updates that they're doing is they're doing a an update to the books. Um they're and I don't know what this is going to mean right now. What they say on the webpage uh for these new logos edition books is uh books aren't just included in logos, they're fused into the platform itself. Logos retrieves information like topics and theological ideas from the digital library and delivers them straight to you so you never waste time flipping through pages so um i, th- I don't think that that's super new but because i've been able to search the books for a while now uh one well, thing there's, yes. there's something
1: a little bit further down the page that
0: um you're talking i think you're talking about the next thing i was going to talk about okay the uh searching your print books Yes. Yeah. So this is a really cool new feature in Logos 10 that you go through and you, um, there's a QR code that you scan in, uh, the desktop version of Logos with your phone. And you, it then connects that to your library and you go through and scan the ISBN, uh, for each of the books that are in your library to add those to your, um, Add those to Logos, and now when you go and you search for a topic, as long as those books are represented in some way, shape, or form in Logos, they know what page number things are on. They know all the information about those books. So now when you go and search, it'll actually show you what's in your print library as well, and tell you what page and everything the the uh, information is on. So you just go over to your your library. You grab the book off the shelf, you go to that page, and and now you can read through whatever pertains to this, the uh, subject that you're uh, researching.
1: Yeah, that, that might be worth the price of entry right there. That's super helpful. Mm-hmm. The question I, I want to know is, can I see a list of books? Because it says um, print resources must currently be available as a Logos edition. I want to find a list of all of the books that are currently Logos editions and compare that to my library. Cause if it's five, no, thank you. If it's 75 done.
0: Yeah. Well, I, what I would do, um, you can like maybe pick uh, a handful of them, uh, that you want to, you want to make sure you have in there and then search the library. And you can do that from the search bar at the top, uh, on, uh, the Logos website so okay good to know um because you can buy the books from there um so what i generally do when i update my logos is i just update the feature pack because i don't need all the books i don't use a lot of the books so i i can just update to whatever the feature pack is for that update and Mm -hmm. then i'll buy the books um as i need them so you know, not all of them, because some of them do get expensive, but they'll, they'll, uh, tell you, oh, well, if you buy the, the pack with the books and the features and everything, this is the value of it. Well, the problem is, is that you'll get, let's, let's say, and it's a lot more than this, but let's say you get 10 books and you use two of them. Well, those two probably were cheaper than what you paid for the 10 in the, Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the pack. So what I tend to do is just get the ones that I need because I don't need the, you know, I don't need the catechisms and I don't need the, a lot of the Catholic material. I don't need a lot of, you know, certain authors that I don't necessarily agree doctrinally with. You know, I don't need all this extra stuff. What I do need is I want, I want good uh, resources for, um, searching Greek and Hebrew I want good resources for, I want a, a couple of good commentaries so that I can, I can look into it. Maybe a couple of good handbooks, some good dictionaries. Um, I, I do, I have looked into, uh, some of the systematic theologies that, uh, that have been recommended to me as far as, uh, what the cost is and, and, uh, what I would need to pay for those. But, uh, but beyond that, like, I don't need the this huge library that they offer. So I'll go update to the next, you know, up to, to a feature pack as opposed to updating to, like, the bronze package or the silver package or the gold package. Because that's where your money savings tend to be. It's still pricey. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. It's still going to be expensive. But ha- cutting out the books um, helps in bringing that cost down a bit. So. I think you do have to look too that not all the new features are going to be in the lower lower packages. Um, so if there's a particular feature that you're looking to update to, you want to make sure that it's in a in that you're getting that feature in that package. So you have to do a little research as you're looking at this. So, um, they added a whole section on uh, popular quotes. So now you can search quotes. You know so if you're putting together a sermon or something like that and you need a quote for for something you can actually go in and search quote search quotes and go through and scroll through them and grab a, grab one that that fits you know they they have the example here of uh searching wisdom and they found an a w tozer quote that they that they put into their sermon um they've added a whole bunch of stuff on church history uh in this update they enhanced, uh, timelines, which is something that, uh, that I find really intriguing. And for the first time you can look at their timelines on the iPad version of Logos. So I was, uh, flipping through that the other day and found that to be really cool. So I, I enjoy because I enjoy the timelines because you can, you can look at a particular biblical event and Mm -hmm. expand yourself out to see what the context of that event is. So, you know, maybe you're looking at something, you know, during the, the Pauline era and you're, you're looking to see like what other world events around that could be informing what's happening um, in, say, Ephesians. So you can, you can dig into it a little bit more like that. So the timeline, Mm -hmm. timeline stuff is, is actually really cool. It can be really overwhelming because when you first look at it, there is a ton of stuff. If you don't filter it out, there's a ton of stuff that you, that is going to be in there, you know? So you gotta, you gotta watch and kind of filter that out to get what you need. But a lot of the stuff takes a little bit of massaging and, and, uh, time to kind of work with it, to get it. Oh, let's see. They've enhanced the search to be, um, to be better. Uh, they, they, uh, they just say search, reimagine, find anything instantly. And that is something that has been kind of a weakness in the past is, uh, is searching for things. So they've made that a lot easier. Um, they knew, they now have what they call advanced search simplified which, uh, before what you had to do is you had to type in a string of like really complicated, uh, complicated, um, syntax to get what you wanted. Now you can go in and just select a category and say, Hey, I want to compare this thing with this thing. And then it'll give you a little pop-up to, um, to kind of help you uh find what you're looking for instead of having to type in a lot of complicated syntax um
3: so on the bottom of this page
0: is a uh is a video that uh, is an up close look what they what they say on the page here is an up close look at the latest additions to logos i think if i'm not mistaken this is the live stream that they did for the announcement, and that is also available on YouTube so I'm gonna put the the video from YouTube in the in the show notes as well so you can take a look at that if you want, but they went through a lot of these features to show how they work and how they're um, improving uh, logos Bible software so so yeah, this is really delighting me because I use this really heavily for my study, and I actually love it quite a bit um now on the mobile on the mobile version they they say in the video that they um that they notice that a lot of people use their iPads for doing study so let me actually get to the Bible here so when you when you pull up the bible there's the they reworked the menu system for the uh for your reading, so you can read a little bit easier, but now uh, if you want to get into a lot of the extra features in this, there's a little hamburger menu down in the corner, and there's a whole list. I don't know if you can see that, but there's a whole list of things that you can do with with your text and they have they have a couple of features I didn't realize that they had. Now, Timelines is in here. Uh, they have your Atlas, so you can look at um, your Atlas. They added canvases, which was a feature that they added a couple of years ago with Logos, that you can go in and create diagrams uh, to, like, graphics to, um, like, take a verse, you know, diagram it out, create graphics for it. And I've used it a little bit in some of my study of uh, First Corinthians to, like, break down a chapter. And, and um, like, when I was doing my spiritual, spiritual gift study, to break down all the different spiritual gifts. What do these gifts mean? What are they? And being able to create a graphic for all this stuff.
1: So, so, so is it kind of like a whiteboard feature,
0: sort of? Sort of, yeah. Um, so let okay, me pull up. This is my 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8. That i did i'll see if i can it's uh kind of hard to to show because i've got a lot of uh you have all your stuff around it here let's see if i can get rid of that sidebar but like i went through and diagrammed what love is and so um and oh, kind of categorize like them by color yeah so it's a little bit more like a mind map but gotcha. uh yeah but yeah so i die i diagram that out and now that's available on the iPad to be able to do that. So, um, let me see. There was one other thing that I thought was really neat that they added. And I think it's a work in progress, honestly, because I tried using it this morning and it didn't work as well as I wanted it to. But they have a new feature. If you notice the uh, the menu at the bottom of that, there is a you can write right in the text of the the bible and die and like scribble on it and uh, make notes and stuff like that what it doesn't do is save into logos that way so if you pull that back up later you're not going to see that that uh that annotation but what you can do is you can share it out so you can save a photo that answers
1: my next question yeah
0: you can save it into notes um let me see if i can get this yeah you can that's copy, cool though it uses the, image. the native sorry yeah it uses the native uh of uh, like pe- markup feature stuff. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's uh you can clever. see see the menu there it uh, allows you to uh, save it to photos maybe that's a little hard to read like that Yeah. copy
1: to... image save to photos, save as a note and then there's the share menu too so you can yep. get it into other stuff yeah so all right well see i'm already thinking about how I can pair Logos with Obsidian.
0: (laughs) So here's the disappointing thing. Um, There has been some talk uh, in the Obsidian uh, boards about whether or not there is Logos um, in interactivity between the two. Uh, At this point, nobody has uh, put together a plugin for this. So,
1: which... I know, copy and paste my my guy. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of copy and pasting.
0: (laughs) But... But at the same time, like a lot of the features that you're going to use in uh, Obsidian for uh, for note taking and stuff like that is all native in Logos. So
1: right, no, I, I get that, but I want all of my notes in one place, mm-hmm. and I already have an exceptional amount of notes about the Bible, theology, fate, like the whole you know, realm of all of my articles that I read, get pumped, piped in there, all the highlights. Um, so so in, in that regard, Logos would be supplemental, uh, mm-hmm. I think to the system that I have in place. Now, that being said, it could change, right. Um, Cause I haven't gotten my hands on it yet. You yeah. know, I might get my hands on it and go, Ooh, <laughs> you know, and, and want everything to live there, but
0: we'll see. So one thing that I would look into um, Logos is really good about giving the opportunity to export stuff in different formats. And I don't know if it does this, but I, I can look into it is whether or not in your Logos notes, if the notes themselves can be exported as a text file, and then it could be either copy and paste it, or I'm assuming it probably would have to be copy and pasted into, uh, Obsidian. But if they would give you the ability to export it, you know, in, obviously it's going to be a couple steps to get it into Obsidian. Once you've done the study, you're, you're finished with the study, export all your notes and throw them into Obsidian. And then you can, you know, put your backlinks in, stuff like that to connect everything together. Um, But it might be a way of kind of smoothing out the that process.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And that, in that case, then you start your study in Logos and move it, move it into Obsidian as your database of, mm-hmm. of yeah, all your stuff. the finished product, the finished mm-hmm. product. Yeah.
1: No, so I'm definitely going to download the f- the free version. Yeah, I'm definitely going to download the free version just to poke the bear a little bit and see. And obviously there will be missing features, but um. And the free version does come with some of those logos editions as well, so yeah. you can get that experience and I'll probably watch the you know the the marketing video, maybe the live stream, but this is um's like I have a lot of commentaries and um books by old dead guys, you know uh that are great. But if I can just scan the, the ISBN information and then all of a sudden the entire Institutes of Calvin, you know, or like, you know, the Summa Theologica, like these, these epic, giant thousand page books, right? Um, or just even the commentaries, like, I'm just, that would be amazing because I've been trying to do that manually in Obsidian and I have failed because it's so much work and so mm-hmm. much time um, that it's a brilliant feature. And there's obviously a, a bunch of other ones. Like I haven't even, you haven't even mentioned the, um, like the references and citations and quotations where it shows you like, oh, this is the passage that Paul is quoting here. And this is the passage that Jesus is referencing here in Isaiah and like the visual stuff. And then the word breakdowns of like, okay, like on the website, it shows you wisdom and it shows you like the five or six different, uh, Hebrew words that, can be rendered wisdom and how popular like how many times this one gets used versus this one and like mm-hmm. that's the sort of stuff that i'm like i could go down that
0: rabbit hole
1: for a long
0: I'll, time i'll tell you you can pick a verse uh, a one verse and spend hours digging into uh because the, the biblical word study is deep mm-hmm. Like you know when when you're see our church um my pastor doesn't like to promote Logos as an option for for a lot of people. This this is a niche thing, um, and I don't know that Logos is for everybody, because it you have to take time to learn, you know, how things work, and you know, because like I was I was talking to the guys at our Bible study the other day, you have or maybe it was biblical counseling study or something, but when you want to look up the Greek for a particular word there's like a little quick way you can do it and then there's a little bit different way you can do it or you can pull up the interlinear um option at the bottom that that will allow you to look at how it fits into the the verse um and whether or not the word is actually there um but uh but then if you want to do like a bible word study on it now there's a whole different layer of uh, depth so getting to learn how to navigate your different features and what feature is right for what time, you know, for what you're doing. So maybe you, all you need to do is come up with a Greek word and that that's all you need. Greek word, quick explanation. You want to see if it's in the nominative sense maybe, um, or, or whatever you, you can do that real quick. But if you want to do more of a Bible word study and say, Hey, you know what? I want to know Where this word is used in all of Paul's books, you know, and how, how did he use this word throughout, throughout his books? So I can get a better understanding of how he's using this word here and, and get a deeper sense of, of that word. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why he used this word here. So let let me think about this. Let me look at how he's using this throughout his books. And so it, it gives you so much, so much better ability to, to study that out and to learn more about, um, the original text and, and all that, that, that it just, it just makes it, makes it a lot easier. And, but you have to know what layer to, to work with, what feature to, to grab for this particular application because Logos is such a powerhouse. So...
3: Yeah. I'm gonna dip my toe in that
1: pond and see how it feels. Yeah. Well this is very cool.
0: One other thing I did not talk about is that they they uh um introduced uh, preaching mode on the iPad. So you build your sermon in Logos and then you go into preaching mode on your iPad and it literally takes you step by step through your sermon and you can you can preach completely off your iPad. Nice yeah and allows you to set up if you if you use proclaim as your um presentation software you mm-hmm. can actually put together your whole sermon's slide set and everything like that right in right in logos and then you just transfer it to uh to proclaim
3: yeah i'm i might
1: have to have you run me through proclaim one time just mm-hmm. like base time just because i really it's the same exact price as pro presenter but you get unlimited seats yeah and the ability to collaborate and there's the the whole media library that you can get with it and uh we don't use we use pro presenter but we use like maybe 20% of its capability because it i mean we're not doing multiple giant multiple projectors onto one giant screen. Like we have a projector above the stage and a projector above the back wall so that the, you know, the singers can see the lyrics. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing anything crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for the same price to get all of the features that we need, plus unlimited seats and, and some compatible or, or collaborate, like, so I might have to have you run me through it at some point so I can hurt.
0: Uh, Are you familiar with, with what a confidence monitor is? Yes. Okay. So the way I have the, uh, our church set up, um, right now is that the front screen is all your slides. And then we have a back screen in the back that I actually set up as a confidence monitor. So what that does for like when you're doing worship, your, your worship slide is up front for the, uh, for the congregation, but in the back, because it's hard to read those slides on the TV that we have back there, the confidence monitor takes it and puts it white text on a black background and beefs up the size of the lettering and everything like that. So if they want to read it from the stage, they can read it from the stage. Um, whereas the, the slides themselves are a little bit harder to read from, from the, the front the front stage on the back wall so so that works out really well for us it also has the time and we can set timers for different things if we want and put those up there i don't do that because i don't feel a need to have the the worship service structured that tightly um if we wanted to we could i could i could put a timer on a presenter and just say hey you got 10 minutes you know so um the the clock's right there when your time runs out you're done So, but we don't, we don't do that, but do that to the preacher. (laughs) My my pastor would look at me and say, no, I'm not doing that. So (laughs) he was killing me last week. I'm trying to follow him with the camera and I, I only have one camera and I'm trying to, he's walking all over the place and I'm trying to follow him and I don't like to move the camera when when we're on that camera. So because I think it looks really amateurish to do that. So I tried to go to something and then come back to the camera having been moved. So so I kept like going to his slide that he's talking about, moving the camera to him, then putting the slide back up there. And by the time I get that slide back up there, he's walking off the out of the frame already. And <laughs> it was making me so crazy so i finally just zoomed the camera back and just left it so but good times just had to get that off my chest this week you're the first person i've been able to talk to about that <laughs> <laughs> but but not right, well no i really right. i really enjoy the integration of uh of logos with proclaim and just all the the cool stuff you can do with Proclaim is just incredible. Yeah, you're you're about to, I think, make me spend money, Mitch. So, did I, thanks did I, for that, buddy. Did I mention that Proclaim has NDI channels too? So you can set up a network. Was it what does NDI stand for? Network Display Interface. But you can set up like for the live stream. I used to uh, set up an NDI for that, so that I could just do overlays over the video. So instead of showing the whole slide, it would just be a an overlay, like a lower third, for the the worship music and stuff like that. When I switched over to using Ecamm for our live stream software, which has been working much more stably than uh, than Streamlabs was for me before, because I'm on a Mac and OBS and and slobs doesn't seem to work real great for on on a Mac Mac computers. Um, Ecamm has been way more reliable. And, but I s when I switched over to Ecamm, I just went to an, an overlay of basically the uh the slide. So as we're doing worship, it's showing the um worship slide with the lyrics on it and such in an overlay instead of
3: doing it with the NDI. But but yeah. It goes deep, man.
0: So cool. We got anything else that's that's got you excited this week? Before we wrap up,
1: I mean, Michigan plays Penn State today, but you know mm. that that has me excited. Now we'll see how I feel later today. About it. But it's number five versus number ten, so yeah. it should be a good game, regardless of who wins.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I don't even know who we play tomorrow.
3: The Packers. That is.
0: You ever pick up your phone? And you're like, you totally forgot why you picked it up. Yep. It <laughs> happens to me all the time. I'll be like, oh, I need to look this thing up. And then I pick up my phone. I'm like, oh, I have email <laughs> or something. It drives me mad. Uh, we got the Jets tomorrow.
3: A lot of green. So,
0: a lot of green. They'll be at Lambeau. So that means Packers will be in green. Jets will probably be in white. Is that right, or is it flipped reversed? Home jerseys no, if are you're, white. You're at Lambo, yeah, you know, you'll be green. Look. green jerseys, green jersey. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, well, cool, man. Another good show in the can, and it's uh, kind of a long one, so I'm gonna have lots of editing to do. <laughs> I think I Thanks just talked that. a long time about Lagos.
1: <laughs> okay, I talked a long time about Rings of Power, so you balanced That's right. it out. It's good because mine's all made up.
0: Yep. Yours isn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you are listening to Inner Dialogue. And if you would like to know a little bit more about the show, a little bit uh, more about us, maybe get to the back catalog, you can check us out at innerdialogue.show. And, Cam, where can people find more information about you? Uh, CamBrennan.com. Indeed. And if you'd like to know more about me, you can check me out at MitchCraig.online. And I got a really good deal on the uh on that uh URL, and now I see it's up for renewal, and I don't have as good a deal this time around, so <laughs> a little disappointed about that um, but uh but it's good. And I will be switching that one over to a uh, bio site. Uh, it's a new thing that uh, Squarespace uh, released this last week. It's a really cool, just little fancy um one pager uh talking about or giving you the ability to uh put your socials on there any websites that you have um it's a little bit uh it reminds me a little bit of a where about me or about me started uh years ago and and it's just a a little prettier and a little nicer to work with and you can design and um and add all your information right from your phone as well so squarespace has been really smart about how they design this so I have designed one for myself, but I have not repointed my uh you, or my uh, um website or URL to that uh site yet. So once I get a chance, I will do that and you'll be able to see what I created. So very good. Otherwise it's biosites slash Mitch Craig. Bio.sites
3: slash Mitchcraig. Very good. All right.
0: Well, it's been fun, sir. I look forward to doing it again in a couple of weeks. You bet. All right. Take her easy, man. Bye.
3: Later.